Okay, Daniel. So you um, been doing this business for six years, nearly, right? Yes, that's right. And um, how is your transition being so far? You wanna tell something about you? You want my personal journey? Yeah, your personal and professional journey in terms of business. So, all right. Well, as you can hear by my accent, I'm here in Australia, but I um, I live in Sydney. But I run a business that's at the south of Tamil Nadu, just north of Pondicherry in yeah. um, in India, and I own that business. Right. Um, I started the business from scratch, and um, when I first went there, I met ten ladies and. I couldn't speak Tamil and they couldn't speak English and we just looked at each other um, thinking, what are we going to do now? Um, but, you know, the hands and um, the hands and eye expressions, you can communicate quite a lot and um, I started this business on a series of opposites so the ladies could understand yes and no and they quickly learned that this Indian head shake um, <laughs> that went everywhere in my culture, that means I don't know. So we became very definite. Is it yes or is it no? Um, so as I said, I built this uh, business of a series of opposites. It's yes, no, same, different, up, down, front, back. And because it's a business that specialises in hand knitting, we had the other opposites knit pearl, which is jargon to that medium. Yeah. Um, and then we got an English translator in and yeah. I grew the business from there. Right, right. So uh, you find it very um, intriguing with the people um, working with you because most most of the villages in India, I mean, I'm from India, so most of, most of the villages from India, they treat you very family-like, you know, when you go there. so. You know, it's it's very interesting to see the transition from this society to that society. How how did you find, what was your experience in that? Um, it's a good duality that you raise um, because, yes, they welcomed me like I was a part of their family and their personality is very warm and loving. But on the other hand, I have to, um, I'm the business owner and I need to be the boss and so I'm, um, you know, I learned, well, I didn't learn it's a natural skill to straddle those two mediums that I can very easily chat with them about their personal issues. And then it is, and now back to work. Can you please look at this? What date will this be completed? And um, so, you know, the, the uh, dualities of those need to be balanced, uh, both to build a rapport with the ladies yeah. and to run an efficient business. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. probably one of the best hand-knitting units in the world, so the standard is very high, so I'm quite strict um, with what they do as well yeah. as to be very supportive and loving. Yeah, so I, like, I believe you bring that professionalism and the detailing of our Australian culture, which is we are very good at that, and you bring their, their EQ emotion in that and it's really good combination. You know, when I look at your website, this is the feeling I got it, you know, like the professionalism and detailing and the Australian beauty and Indian beauty combines. It's, it's amazing to see for me, especially, you know, I was really um, very intrigued with the overall your offering and uh, business model. 
So Thank you. In <laughs> India, as you know, the ladies um, traditionally all over India, not just in Tamil Nadu, yeah. handcrafts are very much respected. Yes. Um, so um, it's probably one of the rare countries where the art of handcrafts and being a skilled artisan is really respected. So India is the obvious country to run a business like that, to um, have the world appreciate high-level artisan work. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the ladies take great pride in their work. They've probably never had to operate under such discipline that yeah. I am very, very strict with what happens with their hands and their mouths and their mind. <laughs> um, but it's like being a parent, you know, with, with firm guidance. Um, yeah. You know, you thrive and you learn to be very proud of what you create. For sure, for sure. If I remember my childhood, my mom, okay, we, she was very particular that all girls should be educated, but she was making sure that before my marriage, I know everything, like knitting, sewing, everything, so that nobody should complain about her daughter, that she doesn't know this and that. Like she wanted to make sure everything we learn um, and it should be naturally happening in the when in day-to-day life. So it, it is like in everyone's lifestyle kind of thing, you know. Yes, and I guess parents don't do that now, what I call the modern Australian generation. But, um, you know, every generation, including my grandmother's generation, thought they were the modern generation. So it doesn't really matter which country you live in. Each generation always thinks that they're, you know, more progressive than the generation before. But certainly here in Australia, we're quite forward with that sort of thing. Um, and it was my grandmother who taught my mother, yes, before you get married, you have to be able to cook and sew and do all those traditional female tasks. And yes, the ladies are very much still in that era. Yeah, yeah. That, that's interesting. It's, especially in Indian villages, this is the thing. So um, you come from a uh, very affluent development con- developed country like Australia, and you have chosen to move to the, you know, lesser developed country and, you know, establish your identity, your ident- company identity, I would say, and your professionalism there. Um, tell, us, tell us a little bit about your journey, what you discovered actually in India, which actually helps you to stay there, you know, like going and trying and staying there. It's, do you think it's two different things? No, no. Um... In, I started the business from actually quite selfish means. Um, I had a hand-knitted brand in Australia. As you know, Australia is very famous for merino mm-hmm. wool and I thought it was the perfect partnership. Yeah. Um, hand-knitting, Australian woman, Australian merino wool, Australian design, um, and I thought that this was an ideal product to launch on the market to commercialise hand knits. So of course, through yeah. the years, Australia has, and many countries around the world, yeah. have commercialised it before. But in this instance, what prompted the move was yeah. um, one of the governments here in Australia made it not legal to employ contract workers in the fashion industry. So I had never, um, actually I lied, I had been to India once before as a tourist up the north. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, But when I arrived and met these ladies, I my first visit was for three weeks yeah. and I quickly realised that I had had a life filled with great opportunities. Yeah. And um, 
I could provide a lot of opportunities um, that would not be available under normal circumstances to these ladies and yeah. I could um, provide a lot, lot of opportunities to them. Yeah. So uh, my own journey went from knitting for my own brand yeah. to knitting for lots of brands because that's how I realised that I could employ a lot of people. Yeah. And um, whilst initially the aim was just to employ a lot of people through the years, yeah. I've realised the impact of having long-term consistency there. Yeah. So it's changed um, lives and you can see the lives changing more and more each year that we are there. Mm. So every village we go into, we break the economic cycle, the financial cycle, yeah, because okay. we employ uh, somewhere between 80 to 90% of all the females in that particular village. So all of a sudden that village has a large amount of money extra coming in that it didn't have. Very interesting. So the whole village becomes what I call more mobile upwards. So they upgrade their house, they get in builders, they get in painters, they get in tilers, they build new houses. Um, so all that is happening economically in the village you know, they spend more money on food by default. They do all those things. And then in the uh, education cycle, of course, now these ladies have money to send their children to school. Yeah. And that's an opportunity that they did not have for themselves. Hmm. So the education cycle is also broken every time that we go into a village. And over time, the most interesting one for me, like I did not set out to break these cycles. This is just an ongoing flow that's been yeah. absolutely fantastic to watch as an outsider. But over time, what I find really interesting is that we've also breaking the domestic violence cycle. Oh. Um, that yeah. when, um, as you are probably aware, in remote Indian villages, most of the men are alcoholics. And it is tradition that both the mother and the father really belt hard their children and slap their children quite physically and they consider that a normal way. They don't know any other way. And uh, the men actually, I don't think there's one lady that works for me that I have not seen black and blue and crying at work because her husband, if they're married, uh, has beaten them. Wow. So through, through the years... Um, you know, before they come to work with me, most ladies have never had to make a decision for themselves. They do what their parents want and then they do what their husband wants. And all of a sudden they come to work and they have to make decisions from day one. Is it the same or is it different? And they look at me for the answer and I don't give it to them. So they learn to think for themselves and then... Uh, you know, we promote from within and they learn to run their groups. So they learn to know what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. And, you know, for me, hearing the ultimate that they can now tell their husbands what's acceptable and what's unacceptable, and they can say this behaviour is inappropriate, do not hit me. So slowly, as I said, we're breaking the domestic violence cycle as well. That's great. Good so to hand knits are having a... <laughs> A very far-reaching impact. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's like, of course, it's most of the handicraft. And when you become independent, it's like, uh, you know, it also gives you a mental strength for sure. Um, 
like i mean i'm i haven't seen in my family ever uh, to be honest it depends on which kind of part of india you are going um but uh, i haven't seen much of the violence in my i mean i'm from a village you know and my village is like um most of the houses are actually someone my relative so the you know it's it's a very old village so there is always one one another house is uh, my relative like someone from five generation like my father's uh, great grand uh, father is there like you know and we can just walk in in that house right so i grew up in a in a community where like everybody was actually asking me where are you going why are you doing this you know go straight to school like that kind of thing because everybody was someone some kind of a parent right so it, it kind of a build a strength in me in that sense that confidence was always there so when, but when i came to city i find more uh, insecurity than actually i when i lived in the village so depends on the which village you, you actually target and um, i it's i'm from the up so it's it's a very different aspects of living every each state has a different thing in india which know? which state are you from where are you i'm from, from? up up uh-huh. yeah up has different kind of a violence yes <laughs> every state has a different thing you know it's it's a different challenge a different um aspects but where i grew up it's it's a very, it was very close community you know um my my surname is mishra and my village name was mishran so it's you can imagine that mostly mishras will be there <laughs> so, um so you you on a mission turning some of the indies poor rural which you just mentioned right now and you know you making them more entrepreneur you bringing that entrepreneurship or you think it's like uh you know is this just the sheer idealism and or, or a good business sense you are developing in them how do you see them No they're not the entrepreneur that's me. Yeah. They they no. work for me and we don't give them their own business. It doesn't sure. work like that. They're employees. Sure. Um and I don't actually use that word the p word that you use poor. Yeah. Um I think that's a very much a relative term. Um you know they are very rich in their hearts. and they're very warm lovely people who have not had a similar opportunity mm. um they might be poor or lacking in education um but financially i don't refer to them as um with with those sorts of words and we're not there to teach them to be entrepreneurs um sure. yeah yeah as you said it is it is not not a non-profit organization it's a profit organization but yeah the way you explained it's it's actually changing people life as well and on a very you know micro level isn't it so well we're changing lives a, a lot um both at the micro level and the macro level mm-hmm. um of course in order to do it individually we work and have quite detailed conversations with the ladies Yeah. the macro level is that they go home and most of those ladies cook and feed for you know their father's family or their mother's family as well yeah. so they influence everybody in their family under that roof which can range from you know 7 to quite a large family as you know yeah. so yeah. there's there's a lot of people there that are influenced along the way yeah 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 so what are your biggest challenge in your mission 
do you have do you feel any challenge or do you have any challenge well every business has a massive amount of challenges right it doesn't matter whether it's a startup or established business that's the way businesses go yeah um you know you always have to adapt and change um right now because of the covid one of the things is that i you know i'm not flying there but you know my philosophy is quite firmly planted in the um the uh, old saying, you know, there's an upside to everything in life. So because we can't go, we've tightened our systems um, massively and and for the better um, because, you know, that enables us to scale even more. Yeah, for sure. So you are targeting other villages um, or you're just focusing on one village or one particular area? No, no, before COVID, we had five villages. Mm -hmm. um, right now, because of the lockdown, we're operating with two villages. Right. But, you know, the world is heading to for a big change. So over the next 12 months, we'll just focus on keeping those two villages. And then when we st start to turn around again, I believe we're, we're, um, we're well placed because the world actually wants artisan products. Yeah. Um, and... I believe we'll just go from strength to strength once the economy of the world starts to turn around again. Yeah, people are moving towards more sustainable product, which is good. It's um, people are very more conscious compared to my generation and previous generation towards the you know nature and environment. I'm pretty sure these handmade things are gonna um, be an, another pop, gaining another popularity very soon, isn't it? Do you think so? Yes, very much so. Yeah. So, um, so you, um, I would like to understand. You know, is, is there a one thing that you would like to recommend recommend towards the women entrepreneurs? If someone wants to follow you in some ways, um, you want to say something to them. If females want to be an entrepreneur, yes, they just have to hang on to the ride very tightly. It's a big roller coaster and there's a lot to learn and you go through a lot. Um, yeah. You know, it takes a lot of courage, a lot of resilience, plus a lot of knowledge. Sure, sure. And do you want to say, if you have to say one thing to the audience, what would you like to say? If they're an entrepreneur, yeah, they, they need to just stick with it and uh, follow their heart and, and make big decisions and make sure you grow yourself along the way. Um, but if it's a general consumer out there, of course, we'd love them to purchase one of our hand-knitted products. Um, we hand-knit for many corporates. We hand-knit corporate gifts. Um, we hand-knit corporate logos. We hand-knit for runway brands. Um, as long as it's hand-knitted, we do it. Um, so if you'd like to engage us, please do. For sure. And how they can find you? Like, it's on our website. You know, we have a contact page on our website, www.cococo.global. Sure. Um, Coco stands for Knit One Garment, Change yeah. One Life. Right. So our website is coco.global. Right. And you are also active on social media? Yes, we are. Okay, so we'll put all your social media and website under the uh, our description. People can follow you through there. If they want to buy your product, they can contact you through your contact page, isn't it? Yes, um, we sell some things directly to the consumer, but if they want um, us to knit for 
B2B, you know, for corporates, please contact us directly. For sure. And you also help e-commerce people as well. Like if somebody wants to use your product and sell through their e-commerce platform, do you also engage with them? It's again the same. Yes, absolutely. It's the same thing. As long as it's hand-knitted, they can engage us to make the product. For sure. Thank you. Thank you for talking to us. And um, to find you, find Daniel, you need to check our details and you will please contact. It's a very great initiative and it's very close to my heart for sure because I am Indian Australian. So I actually attach from both sides. Uh, I have a great attachment and I am so proud that these two things is working. I'm literally going to embrace this. Thank you so much, Daniel, for talking to me. Thank you. Thanks, Priya. Thanks. Bye. Bye.